Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Back from Canada edition of Sharing Socks. We escaped from Canada edition. Kind of. I'm Southside Socks, Duty Geezer, Lee Allen, with me, my son and West Coast correspondent, Will, and he is the only one on the West Coast now since I'm back in Chicago. Uh, I guess the Sox wish they were, except they've got a losing record at home, too. So I, I don't know that that makes a heck of a lot of difference. Um, wow, it was not a good week. <laughs> I suppose you could say the Dodgers had a worse week being swept by the Pirates. It's much better to be swept by the Blue Jays, who are a pretty darn good team. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, although, you know... I, I'm especially looking at that first loss, the uh, Danny Mendick, uh, Daryl Boston blunder, <laughs> which we did see. We went to the uh, Pirates-Dodgers game on Monday night, and we definitely saw a fair share of bonehead plays that that led to that game. Uh, you know you know the biggest difference? I mean, because we were looking at the best and worst teams. I mean, the Pirates are doing all right record-wise, but really they're the worst team in the National League and the, and the best team in the majors. All of the outfielders, all of the outfielders, both teams made terrific throws to the infield. True. It was no, oh, well, I hit it to him. I guess I can run forever, which is what happens with the White Sox, of course. Although I, I will say yesterday's error on uh, Sheets was, I mean, we're recording this on Friday, so we're talking Thursday afternoon's error on Gavin Sheets. That was unfair. That, that was a perfect waist-high hop to Leary at second base, and he just watched it go by, which is the second time he's done that recently. I guess it's fun to watch. 
Yeah. Uh, I guess let's start by just talking about how pathetic this series was. <laughs> this was, I mean, I feel like before we came on the podcast today, it was the most uh, you and I have sort of felt down about this team uh, in the entire time we've been doing this. And just because, my God, what is going on? What are what are the White Sox doing? What are, we, are I, I mean, we say week after week, and everybody, I think, on the site writing or talking agrees with us. Well, and now we're going to win the division because Minnesota is going to fall apart, which they are. I, I think they are. Yeah, yeah. But watch out for the Guardians. Uh, we're now behind the Guardians by half a game or so, but they are playing good baseball. And they've got a great farm system, which means they can bring people up when somebody gets hurt. We've got nothing. 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 Um, and, of course, they develop pitchers like crazy. So goodness knows how many AAA pitchers they've got who are major league ready. They've got a far superior manager. And managers don't make a heck of a lot of difference in baseball compared to football or basketball. But, you know, three games, probably three, four games over the course of a season. And Terry Francona is just very, very good uh, if he's healthy, if he's able to, to stick around because he's got serious illnesses. But, um, yeah, I mean, this, the Toronto series, again, it's Toronto. I, they're very good. They were, on being... a, they were on a hot streak. They, they had, what, five wins in a row coming into the series. Um, but, but. But they didn't do anything impressive. They didn't do anything that should have told us, this is a team you get swept by. They're so hot right now. Like they they're on this win streak. We're we're in their home park. They're just going to be mashing. You know, I was talking to some guys last night that when Toronto does finally turn it on, they're going to be really really tough because those guys can just hit. But they really haven't still. And it was excruciating to watch these games. These were just void of any sort of excitement uh, from the White Sox whatsoever. And you're being very uh, generous on managers and what they can uh, cause a team to do or not do. I I think they have a little bit more impact than that even. And I would say that we are already at the three or four game mark in games that LaRusse's idiocy has has. His lineups are certainly path. very strange. His lineups are absolutely terrible. He rarely seems to make the correct move pitching-wise. He throws, you know, people under the bus. He's got to keep his, you know, jaw going. Now we got him talking about the Gabe Kapler thing for no reason. Nobody cares what LaRusso has to say about that. But, of course, he's vocal about it. He is just, he's got to go. And I know okay, I've come well, on you, here you, and said you, that so many I, times. I mean, I, I totally agree. We all agree. Well, probably 90% of White Sox world agrees. I, I, something, I was going to write something, but I'll just say something on the podcast instead. What disturbed me the most about what LaRusso said about Gabe Kapler, he's entitled to his opinions. He happens to be on this end of the political spectrum. Kapler's on the other end. They're both entitled to their opinions on staying in the dugout or staying in the clubhouse during the national anthem. What bugged me about LaRusso, what really got me was where he said, well, I'm old enough that I'm familiar with veterans and veterans feel offended by 
BS. That is crap. And Tony, shut your damn mouth because you are not a veteran. I looked it up. He was at the right age. He's two years older than I am. He was the right age to be drafted or to volunteer to go to Vietnam. He did not go. He did not do anything. I don't know if he, you know, came up with bone spurs or uh, he wasn't in school. So he didn't have academic uh, exemptions uh, to, to the draft. I don't know how he got out. He may have just got drawn. It was a lottery thing. He may have drawn a real high number and gotten lucky. But don't talk about veterans if you're not one. There's 17 million of us. We cover the entire compass of political thought. And from far right to far left and mostly kind of in the middle, we had you got 17 million different reasons for getting in. You got 17 million different feelings about having been there. People that some people that was their whole life and that's all their life has been since. For some, it's uh, just forget it. I did it. It's everything in between. He has no right to talk like that. And it really ticked me off. And I bet it ticked off a few other veterans too. Yeah, it probably did. Uh, I mean, how, how LaRusa is it to have said something like that and not have served at all? Um, that just fits with my idea of Tony LaRusa so perfectly uh, that if I made it up, you probably wouldn't. If I if I wrote it, you probably wouldn't believe it. But because LaRusa actually does these stupid things, uh, we do get to believe it. But yeah, I, I think we are at the point where we really should all just be in agreement that the guy is not getting the job done, even if you take out the intangibles of being a moron and being a jerk. Uh, just when it comes to managing the game of baseball, what is he doing? I mean, you were here, we were watching it on, uh, I guess it was probably Tuesday. Uh, we're sitting here watching this game, and Yasmani Grandal comes up to bat in the leadoff spot? I, I'm sorry, What? What in Just what world? You, you want a fast guy out there so you can set the table. Yeah. <laughs> and he started his day with three strikeouts from the leadoff spot. What are you thinking, man? What in in what world? And I get it. Sure, you're thinking, okay, we suck. Let's shake things up. Uh, in what world is that even sort of the right answer? I mean, no little league coach makes that mistake. No junior high coach or JV coach makes the mistake of putting your painfully slow catcher, who's hitting about 180 at the time, probably, who's not getting on base like he was last year, putting him in the leadoff spot against a high-powered AL East team? What am I missing there? What is What is the actual thought process? Is there anything that we can say that justifies putting Yasmani Grandal in a leadoff spot in 2022 for this team. Do you have any idea what that would be? I can, I can remember a manager, probably not a major league manager, but a manager long, long ago putting his pitcher in the leadoff spot and was asked about it. And he said, well, I just want to get him out of the way. <laughs> so maybe, maybe that was uh... – <laughs> Honestly, the pitcher makes more sense to me. A pitcher batting first makes more sense to me than Yasmani Grandal. I am just at a loss on this. I I felt shock when he walked up to the plate first. It felt like a joke on all of us. What are these decisions? 
who's doing this? Remember how we had Lurie Garcia batting third for like the first 20 games, it felt like? And despite I think it was only hitting, three, but it felt like 20. You're right. Yeah, exactly. And it, while he was hitting point zero 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 three one or something just absurdly bad, I I don't understand the Larusa thing at all anymore, at all. Well, it's worked well enough on the offense that the three point two three runs per game of the Sox are twenty seventh in the majors, so they're ahead of the Pirates, the A's, and the Tigers. We're <laughs> yeah. behind the Orioles. Yes. Wow. Um, batting average is 19th on base percentage because dead last in walks by a huge margin is 28th. Uh, 114 walks is 11 below the Tigers who are in 29th place. Now they're not striking out. This is a huge improvement, but it's still, you know, they're, they're actually second lowest number of strikeouts to uh, the Guardians. Um, but the ball is not going anywhere. Um, the OPS is 650. That's 28th ahead of just the Tigers and the A's. Um, the league average, now, you know, the OPS was, was down a lot, the dead ball thing and all that, down around 670. The league average is now up to 697. So that's with warmer weather, that's rising and getting at least more toward the, the normal 720-ish, 730-ish. Um, average and grounding into double plays, 26th in total bases. Um, you know they're really good at not not being caught stealing. We've only been caught stealing twice all year. I didn't realize that. How but many only stolen bases and actual steals? Oh, well, there you go. And doubles. How many triples do you think that White Sox have this year? With all this speed on the team, how many how many triples? And it's theoretically aggressive on the bases. I'm going to say one. Exactly right. <laughs> one triple. So that's dead last. And then that 23rd in homers, which you complain about not having enough. But you say, what about the pitching? Pitching's great, right? Well, hold on. Let's talk about let's talk about this. Uh, that is even worse than I thought it was going to be. Twenty. We're, so we're con, we're coming in between 25th and 29th. It seems like in almost OPS every, is 28th, and in, in, in runs per game, 27th. At, at runs per game, I guess it, in the end, it's scoring runs. So 27th. Exactly. There. 27th in, in scoring runs. Holy cow. This was our window. This was the time, you know, five years from now, none of us are expecting the White Sox to be good. This is the time that we are expecting them to be good. You know, five years from now, that's the Tigers. That's the Mariners. That's their window. What is going on? That's 27th playing in a field that is supposed to be a launching pad. So we're not hitting home runs. We're not hitting triples. We're not hitting at all, really. Right. We're not walking at all. You we're about we're... average in double plays, though. So on the rare occasion that someone walks, we do hit into a double play. So that's nice. And you said right, which that... Which happened we... uh, last night or yesterday afternoon. You said that we are 11 walks less than the 29th team? Yes. And then do you do you have written down right there, maybe not, who's first, who has the most walks, or what? how many walks that is? No, I did not I did not walk uh, right that down. Well, let's just assume that it's far more than 11 
<laughs> since the Tigers have 11 walks on us and they're in 29. Yeah, we had, we had 114. I, I think it was in the high 200s, but I, I don't wow. remember if it was probably the Yankees or Dodgers, somebody like that. So we don't have any – so nobody's got plate discipline. I mean, as you said, we're not striking out as much, so we're putting the bat on the ball. But that obviously means that we are putting pitches that are not in the strike zone into play. Yes. You know, if if we're – yeah, I, mean, that, I think I got walks. over this uh, a couple couple shows ago. We were either dead last or next to last, uh, next to worst, and, and swinging at pitches outside the zone, but had good contact rates on pitches outside the zone, very high contact rates. So what we're doing, exactly what you said, we're taking balls that are very hard to hit well, and we're hitting them badly. What a great skill set. we're going to take the ones that are tough to hit and we're going to hit them, but we're going to be bad at it. Uh, That is crazy. Except for Tim. Tim's great at it. Tim's one of the best in baseball at it. Of course. The rest of the team, forget it. I, I mean, so right now we've got Tim hitting. We've got a little bit of Luis Robert hitting. Tim's not back for two weeks, more than two weeks. Tim's back. Who knows when? Vaughn had a real hot streak, cooled off a little this week, it seems like, but it's still... He was the entire offense for one game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So we've got three guys, one who is out, three guys who can... Uh, Fairness to Jose. He's, He's got 11 game hitting streak going. Okay. Yeah, fairness to Jose. But he's still, you know, he's playing catch up still. Uh, that is absolutely abysmal. I I did not want to just come on here and just poo-poo our team this whole time. But, you know, we, we've spent the last few weeks or whatever, you know, month saying, well, it's early. It's early. It's early. And I get it. It is still early. However, we're, what, at the one-third mark? We're coming not, up on it. Not not quite. About three games away from it. Yeah, exactly. I guess we're five games of, away from it. We're kind of getting out of it's early. You know, we're just moments away from people saying we're in the dog days of summer. So we're we're not in the in the early phases anymore. Is there anything to be done about this offense? Is it just hope that guys catch on? I saw a tweet, and I and I don't remember well, but five of our starters are below number 1,000 in the majors on war. <laughs> wow. wow. Uh, and every team you look at, I mean, because I do some of the games, I'm looking at the lineups and the batting averages of the opposing teams. Every team's got problems. Every team's got problem children for some reason this year that are hitting one-something or barely yeah. two. Uh, but the good teams don't have that many bad teams have a lot of them um and we're one of those wow rats all right let's take a break and then we will come back and talk about uh how great pitching is going and And i'm and fielding and i'm sure that you led with hitting because hitting so bad that pitching and fielding must be incredible and uh i'm really excited to hear all of the good news we'll be right back on sharing socks 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. Uh, we just spent some time talking about our offensive woes, which just keep getting woeier and woeier, uh, especially with an injury to Tim Anderson. That's going to keep him out till close to July, potentially. Uh, let's talk about pitching. Tell us about let's, it. Let's save pitching. Because oh, that's okay. the highlight. Let's go to the oh, fielding. Uh, great. Yeah. Um, you know, league, turning double plays, not bad. You know, league average is 41, we're at 39. Remember how we were worst errors? We had the most errors of anybody for a long time. That's improved because Tim's improved. And yes, Tim was, true. had more errors than team, many teams at one point. But he's cut that down. So the errors are 33, so that's 22nd. It's not good, but it's not 30th. The problem is when you start getting into defensive runs saved and range, the the total range, and I'm using RTOT, which is baseball references instead of Oozer, which is fan graphs, but um, defensive runs saved 24th, minus nine. Cleveland, by comparison, again, I'm worried about these guys, are plus 29. They're the best there is. Wow. Uh, The range factor, minus 34, that's 25th. So it, it's pretty bad uh, all the way across. And we, we guessed that. We knew that. Uh, you put think about, a bunch think, of designated hitters in your corner outfield slots, and it's not going to help a lot. Yeah, I mean, think about what our range number is if you take out Luis Robert. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean. And, and, and Engel. And Engel. Th- those two guys are probably keeping us from 30th and, and to 25th because those guys cover – more ground than everyone else combined. You know, our third basemen have very little range. Lurie has not great range at all. Mendick's got no range. Tim's range fluctuates. Lately, it's been a little better, but he's honestly plays better if he stays within That's, uh, yeah. a certain... He commits far fewer errors if he is not trying to be Superman. Yeah. Um, uh, so Jose's kinda, range is... Kind of balance not, that out non-existent essentially our corner outfielders have as little range as I think you can have and be major league corner outfielders so if you take out Robert and Angle I mean this team is well they're showing us injury wise you know we're constantly getting injured the athleticism that we were all really banking on outside of a couple guys is just not there uh, which is another thing. This team is slow and clunky and makes terrible decisions on the bases as as well as in the field. But I not but not on stealing. As I said from those figures from before, the 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 stealing percentage is excellent. But yeah, the the base running decisions. Obviously, the Mendic one was. <laughs> still well, and, and thank goodness the the stealing thing is. You know, thank thank goodness that number's good because we don't get anyone on base ever. So at least when they get on base, they're getting to second base. Uh, 
because we just we don't walk. We don't walk. We don't hit many singles. We don't hit many anything. Uh, it's just crazy. It the I am at a loss kind of on on where to go with this team. And you saying those numbers about Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland might be the real deal. They they really might. Uh, you know, we thought going is just so in, good. We thought going in that they were Jose Ramirez and twenty five other guys. Um, well, they had some guys. Shane Bieber, but yeah. Yeah, no, they 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 have several good pitchers, but um, offensively, let's say twelve other guys, position players. Uh, particularly Reyes stinks. Reyes is hitting 120 or something. He's he's the other one that you worry about or did worry about. But they've had guys, some guys coming through. They're using speed. They're using defensive pitching, which they've always done. Um, yeah, I, I find them more worrisome than Minnesota. I may be crazy. They may end up well below 500, but I, I think they're they, the bigger They also are in this interesting situation where they've got this new team name that people are – not super excited about necessarily. <laughs> and, and I think there's probably some motivation there to play above your skill level, just to get the fans into the idea of the team and get things going. You know, Jose Ramirez signing that really long deal is a, is a sign of that, of that, you know, he wants the, the guardians to, to be as, as, as prominent as, as the tribe was previously. Uh, I don't know what to expect, but let's uh, let's save the best for last and let's move on to pitching. What do you got? Yeah, well, and we all think, oh, well, the pitching is great. At least we're fine. Now, we do get Lance Lynn back probably in three weeks. I would guess he's got two more rehab starts in Charlotte. First one went real well. That's good. Yeah. Uh, runs per game given up, 4.76. That is 25th. Huh. Uh, ERA, because the defense is so bad. 4.19, which is 22nd. The FIP, this is where it gets interesting and really plays into the defensive struggles, the range and whatnot. FIP is listed at 3.96, which is right at average. Average is 3.94. So the pitchers are suffering from the fact that people are not making the plays behind them. As a slow pitch softball pitcher, you're aware of this problem. Um, <laughs> it, uh but still, it's even even when you take all of that in the equation, as best the people who do these stats figure it out, they're just kind of average. So, do we? I mean, we get Lancelin back in in two to three weeks, maybe four. Who knows what the way things are going? Is that gonna turn things around? Is that enough? I mean, I I know Lynn is is. Definitely a, a baller. He is a gamer. He loves to play. He's psyched to play. He's always pumped to be out there, which is something that seems to be sort of lacking from this team. Uh, so maybe that will help. Uh, and Dallas Keuchel's gone. That helps. And Dallas Keuchel's gone. But we should take a moment to just talk about that because that was a big moment from this week of, uh, of Dallas getting DFA'd. Uh, Dallas, thank you for your time. Best of luck. Uh, you said he cleared waivers as well, so people aren't really uh, shopping for Dallas Keuchel. But I hope you figure something out, bud. You gave us a good 2020 uh, and a few shining moments in 2021. But, yeah, it was the end of the road for Keuchel. So we got Keuchel out. We've got Lynn coming back in. 
So theoretically, Lynn, Giolito, Cease, Kopech, Cueto? Cueto's, I mean, Cueto was fine. Uh, he had two excellent starts. He got batted around by the Cubs, of all people. And I think that may be because, you know, he was in the same division with the Cubs for a long time. And not many of those individual players, but the team knows him. The team's got a great book on Cueto, in all probability. The team must have faced him a hundred times. Uh, but then again, well, he, was, he, he, was, he was decent against Toronto. I mean, he, yes, he, he gave up three, but he was technically a quality start. I'm not big on three runs and six innings being a quality start, but so-called. One of the runs was unearned because of uh, uh, the error charged to Sheets. Uh, no, if I got the wrong game, different error. Uh, but at any rate, no, no, that's that's the right game. That was the last yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's yeah, that was the error that, that put Zimmer over to third. Um, but, to, I mean, shouldn't everyone have a pretty good book on Johnny Cueto at this point, though? <laughs> I well, mean, they, the Sox batters have faced him very, very little. Um, it just didn't I just mean, uh, we've, we've got some tape. We've got some footage of Johnny Cueto we can look at. Um, but, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. So, Cueto then is, is likely our fifth starter moving yes. forward, which yes. I'm fine with uh, as well. I really like Johnny Cueto. Honestly, if he was going to throw six innings and do three runs, I'll take it every single time. Uh, just the idea that we have a guy who's going to throw six innings amazes me because okay. we just – it seems like everybody's in trouble in the in the third – with our starters and their pitch counts. That's a, uh, yeah, that's a good point. His pitch counts are low. I mean, he, he, he yeah. does not take 20 pitches to get through an inning like Dylan Cease does. Uh, he goes in there and he throws the ball. He doesn't strike out a lot of people, so they hit the ball. He doesn't walk many people. Um, it's kind of he creates a Sox offense for the other team. That is, you know, they're hitting the ball, but not well. Uh, so what what's to be done about our other starters who keep throwing 20, 25 pitches an inning. I mean, what do we even do about that? It just seems to not be going away. It It's it's constant. Every start, it just feels like, is that an Ethan Katz thing? Is that, do we just have guys who are afraid to throw the ball in the zone? I, I'm, I again, I'm at a loss on how these things are still happening over 50 games into the season. That we well, have... well, part, of, part of it certainly is that we have very high strikeout rate pitchers. It takes a lot more pitches to strike people out as a general rule. Um, we also walk a hell of a lot of people. So those two things create the problem. Um, but... But being a strikeout pitcher is only good if you can be efficient. There's there's nothing more valuable. Like a strikeout is not more valuable than a ground out to second base, especially if you can get the ground out to second base on the second pitch or you can get it on the third pitch. So this whole like we have strikeout pitchers thing, isn't it time that we try to teach them to pitch to contact a little bit more? Because this is insane that we have starters. Our bullpen's not good enough to, to hold up uh, throwing four or five innings a game for the whole season. And it's not even that they're not good enough. It's that they just there's not enough arm in those guys to be throwing that much of, of every game. 
I don't even know what to do about this, but it's they've become so frustrating to watch, these starting pitchers going 20 pitches an inning, 25 pitches an inning, knowing that they're going to – I don't give a crap if you have 12 strikeouts if you're out in the four, after the fourth. I don't care. We we need you to pitch. You're you're paid to pitch. You're not paid to just be out there for four innings and then sit down the rest of the day and think, oh, I had a pretty good day. I had 12 strikeouts. Well, you threw 110 pitches in four innings. That's a pretty bad day, actually. Uh, I don't know what to be done about that. We're but we're running low on time. I'm clearly disheartened about the state of the White Sox right now. Uh, it's not nearly as fun this week as last week when we had Neil on and we got to talk about nerdy things. Uh, this week was more of wallowing in our, our horrible defeat, but do you have anything else before, uh, before we have to say goodbye today? No, just hope that, uh, you know, nice Florida sunshine, uh, can turn things around a little bit. I have little hope till Tim's back, but we hope we don't fall too far behind before he makes it back and actually, gives us people on base and nice things like that. And if there's any way for the Florida sunshine to really change your game for the better, it's by playing in a dome, the Tropicana (laughs) dome, uh, which I think there's no chance any sun gets through there unless the roof falls in, which probably could happen at any second. Uh, But well, that is all the time we have for today. White Sox fans bear with us. As soon as something good happens, We will be very excited to talk about it here. Uh, We just need them to do something good. uh, Because as I mentioned before, our window, which is now, is looking smaller, smaller, smaller. Uh, But thanks for listening. We will see you next week on Sharing Socks.